I'm Adrian Ben, if we've never had the opportunity to meet. I'm one of the, the teaching pastors at, at Alpine Church, and uh, the opportunity to, to finish out this uh, series with you, uh, Greater Love. And before we, we jump into the series, or this, the message today, I want to kind of throw up some pictures of some kind of movie star, like movie friendships. And I, I, you know, as we look at these, I want you to kind of think about which one kind of represents your idea of friendship. So we've got, we've got Marcus and, and Michael from, from Bad Boys up there. We've got Frodo and Sam. We've got Woody and Buzz. And then over there, we, at the end there, we've got Thelma and Louise. Now, as you're thinking about which one of these represents kind of your idea of friendship, I, you know, I think it's worth noting that depending on who you picked probably has something to say with, kind of says something about what you think uh, a friendship is or what you think friends are. So, so now that you have that, kind of keep that in the back of your mind because we're going to continue on this, this series on love. And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about uh, agape love, right? That, that unconditional love, that, that forgiving love, that, uh, that love that really that most of I think of most of the time we kind of connect that with God. We've talked about eros love, right, that, that sensual love that we experience with, with our spouses. Um, but there's, the Bible talks about one more kind of love, right, one more kind of love, and that's what we're going to talk about today, with the, which is philia, this philia love. Now, the word might, might sound a little bit familiar, and it's because... We use this word in a lot of different words in the English language. Uh, for instance, philosophy, right? The, the love of wisdom. Or philanthropy, the, the love of humanity. And then even it's kind of wrapped up in, in a, uh, names of a, a city, as everybody probably knows, is Philadelphia, right? The, the city of, of brotherly love. Well, um, philia is, is also the kind of love that we would use when we say, I, I love my family, right? I mean, I, I, when I think about uh, my kids, right, my kids and my family, when they tell me that they love me, right, this is the love that they're talking about, and it's easy for me to accept that, and, and I very readily, obviously, I love you too. I got no problem saying that, right, because I do, I love them, um, but like when I'm at church or, you know, somebody I know on the street says, all right, man, love you. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, personally, I struggle with my response a little bit, right? I, I kind of feel awkward. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, all right, man, good seeing you too. See you later, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I struggle with it. And, and the reason I struggle with it is because the English language only has one word for the, the many definitions of the word love, right? We, we only have got one word for it. And so a lot of times I get caught up in, in viewing love really in only maybe the two ways, agape and, and eros, unless I'm talking to my family. But this philia love is a, a, a very important love. And it, I, I think it's actually a, a love that we would use, and it's okay to say that 
I love my teammates, right? This would be the love that we're talking about. It's okay to say, I, I love the people in my small group, right? It's okay to say, I, I love my friends, right? Filial love kind of fills this gap between agape love and, and eros love. And it's a, a very important friendship kind of love. You know, and, and nowadays, you know, with over the last year really kind of being isolated from one another to some extent. I think it's probably a very important love for us to talk about, even with kind of social media, right? Social media is, is kind of redefining what a friendship is like, right? What, a fr- what it means to be a friend. I mean, on social media, you can have a friend that you've never seen, that you've never talked to, but as long as they like your post and as long as they're following you, you can call them a friend, Right? I mean, so uh, I, I think um, that maybe, I think right now there's, there's kind of a tendency for us to not to value kind of this friendship love as much as we should. And so we're going to explore it today, and, and I want to start with a, a definition, right? Kind of a, a definition of philia love. Philia is an affection towards others that grows beyond a good feeling to be a mutual commitment. See, so this philia love, it's it's the love of a a good friend or or to a good friend, right? Somebody, it's, it's, it's what you have towards somebody that you really care about. You're concerned about their well-being, right? You're you uh, you wish you really want to you wish them well. It's it's that kind of love that we're talking about. And I would even go as far as to say that that filial love is really the the basis of deep relationships. The basis of deep relationships. And we see an example of this filial love in in Jesus's life, right? A, a story about Jesus and a man named Lazarus. And, and we can kind of see a, a little bit of this story in John chapter 11. So a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sister Mary and Martha. And so you're, what you're getting is, and, and I'm sure many of you may be familiar with this story, but there's this man named Lazarus, and him and Jesus are, are good friends. They have a, a filial love towards one another, Right? And what happens is Lazarus actually gets sick, and Lazarus becomes ill, and Lazarus' sisters, uh, Mary and Martha, uh, basically send a, you know, send a message to Jesus to let him know that he was sick. And, and that's what we see here in, in verse 3 as we continue. It says, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Your dear friend is very sick. Well, you know, Jesus, he, he gets that message. But by the time he actually arrives, um, Lazarus is dead. You know, and, and, and um, if we jump down to verse 35, we actually get a picture of kind of what was going on as people were observing Jesus and his reaction, right? You see this, this filia friendship, this filia love that Jesus has for Lazarus and his sisters in Jesus' reaction when he's at Lazarus' grave. And this is what it says. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much love, see how much he loved him. 
So, you know, in this, this, this story, I think it shows us two things. One, it, it shows us the love that Jesus had this filial love for someone, right? Lazarus and his family. So much so that he, he went there and, and it says there that we see him that he wept because he loved him so much. But you know the interesting thing about this, these words that were used, this word here when it says that he loved him, that's philia, right? But it was also philia in the, the verse before that, that uh, kind of identified Lazarus as being Jesus' dear friend. You see, the, the word philia is, is tra- used, there's two words that it's used to translate philia in the Bible, friend and love, and it kind of shows us this, this great picture of that, that philia love is, is more than an acquaintance. You know, it's more than just somebody you meet, but it's, it's a love that you have for somebody, a friendship that you have for somebody that's very dear to you, right? Very dear to your heart, so much so that you can see Jesus' love for Lazarus. I mean, he knows that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, Right? He knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but, but yet he's drawn to tears because his friend is, is dead, and he also sees the pain in his other friends, you know, his Lazarus' sisters, and it draws him to tears because he cares so much about them. You know, and, and with the way that um, uh, philia is used throughout the Bible, and then there's some other words that are really closely associated with it, we kind of want to paint a, a, a broader picture of what filial love is about. And so doing that, I want to kind of share some characteristics of filial love with you. The first is filial love is based on a common identity or experience. Now, I, I think this is something that makes sense, right? I mean, we can see this happening. Have you ever driven down the road and, and seen a, a motorcyclist uh, a pass, two motorcyclists pass each other, right? I mean, more than 90% of the time, what happens? They acknowledge each other's presence, right? They put out a hand, let each other know that they're, that they're past, really know each other, right? But they have a, a connection, a, a shared identity or experience. And, and what we're saying is that this shared identity and experience can be kind of the, the beginning of a connection. And this is something that we actually see in filial love as well. I mean, think about it. How many times have you met somebody, didn't even really feel like you had much to talk about, and then all of a sudden you find out that you, you grew up in the close to the same town or the same area. All of a sudden a conversation kicks off, right? Because you've got shared connection. Or, or maybe, uh, maybe you, you experienced something like, you know, you, you experienced, maybe you're a vet and then uh, you, you spent some time overseas and, and now you're, you're, you're talking to somebody and, and all of a sudden you discover that they serve too. All of a sudden you have a connection, a, a shared experience. Right, I even see this with my kids when my kids have uh, conversations looking at the people that they're hanging around with. They tend to be the people that they've either connected with at school, a shared experience, or somebody that's on their soccer team or something, a shared identity. So having some kind of bond draws people together, a shared experience 
or connection, and we see that in, in filial love as well. Filial love involves a fondness and admiration and appreciation for somebody, right? I mean, this is, again, this isn't just an acquaintance, right? This is somebody that you like to spend time with, right? You, you experience filial love with somebody when you're happy that they've walked into the room. You're, you're glad to see them. You want to spend time with them, right? It's not, I mean, think about this. When Jesus told us to love our enemies, the, the word that he was using there was agape love, right? Agape love. He, he wasn't telling us that, that we have to enjoy seeing our enemies, right? He wasn't telling us that we have to enjoy sitting down to a meal with our enemies. Right? He was telling us that we should be praying for our enemies, that we should be praying that they're blessed and that, you know, they come to know Jesus Christ but not that we're supposed to enjoy the, the sight of them when they come into our house. But this is what we're talking about with filial love, uh, just a, a, a real enjoyment about somebody's company. Filial love is also mutual, right? Filial love cannot be one way, right? Eros love now can be one way, right? You can have a romantic attraction to somebody and they can never even, not even know that you exist, right? Everybody's quiet. <laughs> Nobody wants to admit that that's ever happened to them, right? That, that you've loved somebody and they didn't even know that you were anything. But it happens, you can love somebody and they not even know that you exist, right? You can show agape love, that unconditional, just gracious love to people without ever receiving it in return. But filial love takes two. Filial love has to go both directions. Filial love is intentional, right? Man, we, we talked about how filial love can, can, can start by that, that shared identity, that shared connection, but it has to go beyond that. It, there has to be an intentionality behind working and growing that relationship. Filial love promotes well-being for each other, right? Again, this is two people that want the best for one another. Two people that want the best for one another, which only makes sense. I mean, if it's about admiring the person, appreciating them, you really want the best for them. And filial love also survives trials. You see, as this filial love grows, out of our intentional efforts to grow that relationship, the inevitable trials we face in life, this filial love also gets stronger. It's not only a support during those trials, but it grows stronger in those trials as well. And so now that we have this, this kind of picture of filial love, I mean, how, do we, how should we practically be experiencing this love in our life, right? Or, or maybe more than how should we be experiencing this love, how should we be practicing this love in our life practically? And I believe that the Bible gives us two strong examples of how we should be experiencing and sharing filial love. And here's the first one. See, Christians are marked by a love for each other rooted in our shared identity and experience in Christ. 
This love transcends anything we have in common with anything else. Now, remember, we, we talked about that, you know, the kind of the foundation or beginning of filial love can be that shared connection or experience. Well, the Bible talks about a shared experience and, and connection that, that should overshadow all others, right? It should overshadow all others. And it's that experiencing of, of having put your trust in Jesus Christ, right? That experience of being transformed by God himself. Look what Paul tells the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says this, but we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. For God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. You see, this, this love that Paul is talking about is not agape love. It's filial love. Right? And, and, and what he's doing is he's commending the church for their love for, for the other Christians in the area or in their region. I think it's safe to say that all the Christians didn't know each other face to face, but yet they, 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 so much, they showed this love to one another, this appreciation of one another, this, you know, this... Um, uh, uh, Man, I, I don't know how to say it. This, this love, this appreciation, uh, recognizing that they were all brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Despite the, the many differences that I'm sure existed among them. Look what it says in, in Romans chapter 12. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You know, and the, the interesting thing about this, as you continue to read, it, it begins to explain some practical ways of actually living out that filial love with one another. It, it, verse 13, it goes on and says, help others when they're in need, uh, be hospitable, Share the joys and griefs. Share your joys and griefs with one another. Um, don't think yourself to be, you know, don't think that you're better than others. Seek to be reconciled when there's problems. You see, the, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're called to value other Christians. We're called to share a filial love with other Christians and to be devoted to one another. Right, Helping one another share joys. Helping one another share in the griefs. And we, and we don't do this because we all root for the same team. right? The same sports team. We don't do this because we all voted the same. We do it because we're all brothers and sisters in God's family. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We do it because of what Jesus has done for us. Right, that he gave his life. Now, I think it's, it's safe to say that we've all noticed that the, the world doesn't operate like this. Right? I, I think you can look throughout world history, right, and see conflict between men. Right? Conflict between mankind based off of differences. Right? 
I mean, we, we see it in our own little neighborhoods, even. Our local community. Conflicts between this clique over here or this group over here versus this group over here. Right? We see it on a national scale. We see it on a global scale with nations against nations. But the thing is, is that Christians are supposed to be a little bit different than this. Christians are, are supposed to be kind of outside of this. But sadly, I don't think that's the case. I think Christians have a tendency to get wrapped up into all this just like everybody else. And I think our, when we look at our, uh, the division in our country right now, a division that, that I don't see getting any better, I only see it, that division growing a little bit further apart. And, and I believe that Christians are wrapped up in it as well. Divided by politics, divided by our own opinions and our own pride, because, I mean, divided by our, our lack of understanding of other people's experiences. I mean, across ethnic, racial lines, uh, across economic lines. Um, as a result, we don't grieve together. As a result, we don't share uh, in joys together. Formed. And we're supposed to be the ones with that shared experience that we've been transformed by Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be that example that even though we share different opinions, Right, Even though we might be on opposing sides, we can have a mutual respect and admiration for one another and appreciation for one another. But instead, I, I think Christians, um, we're, we're, we're not in the practice of sharing this filial love with one another. You know, in Ephesians 2, it says that when Jesus died on the cross for us and we put our trust in him, Right, his, that his sacrifice reconciled us to God. And it did. It, his sacrifice allowed us to have a relationship with God, to be forgiven of our sins and to be ushered into this family as a child of God. But you know, it also says that he's reconciled us to one another. It says the wall of hostility that separated us has been taken down. We all became children of God. You see, Christians are supposed to treat other Christians with love, honoring one another, valuing and caring for one another, regardless of the other identities that have the tendency of separating us. Now, here's the second way that I believe that we can practice and experience phileo love. Phileo love is the basis for a deep, lasting connection that we share with our closest friends. These are the friends we need to help us grow in life and faith. You see, philia love is where the best kind of friendships start. Right? These, these friendships that have the biggest impact in your life and your relationship with God. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to have this kind of relationship with every Christian. And it doesn't mean that, that you can't have good relationships with people that are non-Christian. I mean, you should have relationships with non-Christians. 
But it's, it's important to understand how God uses the relationships that have this shared experience of having put your trust in Jesus and been transformed from the inside out. It's important to understand how God's going to use that shared experience in that relationship to transform your life personally and to transform your relationship with him. I think perhaps the the strongest example that we have of this kind of relationship is is between uh, David and Jonathan in the Bible. In in, uh, 1 Samuel, we can kind of start to read how this relationship kind of started. It says, after David had finished talking to Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. You see, what I believe that we're seeing here is is a relationship that was rooted in in a common trust in God. And, And this mutual relationship grew stronger as they both were intentional about investing in this relationship. Now, sadly, I I think that a lot of us, maybe we don't get to experience this kind of relationship. You know, maybe it's because we're a little too selfish to to invest in somebody else, or, or, or maybe it's because we're a little fearful because we've been hurt in the past. But when you read this story about David and Jonathan, you can see what, how God used this relationship, this, this filial love between these two men just in, a, in an amazing way. You see, Jonathan saved David's life. You see, Jonathan, he was a prince, right? He was heir to the throne of Israel. His father was the king. But David had been anointed the new king of Israel, and it wasn't a secret, right? Um, and, and God did that because Saul had Saul's disobedience. But Jonathan helped David escape. As you can imagine, Saul wasn't too interested in advocating the throne, right? And so Saul's idea was to get rid of David, to be done with him, kill him, and get rid of him to kind of solidify his, his kingdom, kind of, uh, you know, solidify the, the history records of Saul being a great king. And Jonathan, his own son, helped David escape Saul's plan to kill him. For many years, David ran from Saul for his life. And as you can imagine, kind of being in this situation where you're running from the king of a nation because he wants to kill you, that that kind of would wear on you after a while, right? Would wear you down, kind of get you tired. And, and we actually see that in, in, in his was up. He's tired, he's discouraged. And and guess who shows up? Jonathan. Jonathan shows up to encourage David. Encouraging him in his life, that his life is not over, he has reason to live, and to encourage him to continue to trust in God. Encouraging him to stay strong in life and in his faith. You see, Jonathan and David shared a a filial love 
with one another. They were willing to take risks for one another. They didn't put themselves over one another. I mean, think about this, right? Jonathan was heir to the throne, but David was a new anointed king. If David is king, Jonathan doesn't get a throne, right? But neither of them, you, like, there was no power struggle between them. They served one another for each other's benefit. They didn't fight over power. They loved each other, encouraged each other. You know, the Bible, especially in Proverbs, talks a lot about friendships like this. Proverbs 17 says this, A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. Right? We, I mean, we see this in, in David and Jonathan's relationship. Who's that person in your life? Who's that friend in your life? Proverbs 27 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Right? When you have a relationship where you're sharing this filial love, there's, there's mutual fondness and appreciation of one another. These are the kind of friendships where you can tell the person the truth, right? Because they know that you're not just trying to hurt them. Even though that truth might hurt, might be hard to accept, these are the kind of relationships where the truth that we need to hear can be shared. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend, right? Talking about how you can sharpen steel, how you can sharpen knives, but, but it's speaking to how we can sharpen one another. A friendship, this filial love, how it helps us grow personally and in our relationship with God. You see, the the main thing that I think it's important for us to realize is how important filial friendships, friendships that share this filial love back and forth, how important they are in our life, in our relationship with God. We need to cultivate these kinds of friendships because they don't happen by accident, right? Those, those friendships that when life is challenging, that friend is there to encourage you in life and your relationship with God. Those friendships where truth can be shared even when it hurts, but you know it's being shared for your best good, right? Those friendships where you're sharpening one another. So I want to encourage you that this filial love is an important love that as Christians we need to practice. You know, practicing as, as a church as a whole, right? Practicing that, that, that our common faith, our common belief that Jesus Christ died for us, that putting our trust in him transforms us from the inside out, that that, that common faith should outweigh all the potential things that, that we might differ between us. And we can love one another despite our differences. We can listen to one another despite our differences. 
We can treat each other with respect and admiration and appreciation, sharing that filial love. Individually, you know, uh, those that are, that are married, you know, over this series, we've talked about how important agape love is within your marriage, right? Uh, we talked about how eros love is important within a marriage. Well, filial love is also important in a marriage. In order to have a strong marriage, all three of these loves, should, you should be intentional about having, existing within that relationship. But filial love isn't only important for marriages, those that, that aren't married, and even those that are married, it's important that we have filial love outside the marriages as well. It's important that we have those filial love friendships. But we've got to be intentional about it. And so maybe you're thinking, well, I mean, I mean, it's difficult nowadays, no question. You know, how, how, can we, how can we do it? How can I, what are some steps I can begin to maybe initiate these kind of friendships, this, this kind of filial love friendships? Remember we said that filial love has a common connection, a common experience? Well, you can join a, a serving team. You'll have a common experience with some people. Now, that doesn't mean that just because you join the serving team that all of a sudden that's, you're going to pop into a, a relationship. Remember, those relationships have to be intentional. But this is a way to initiate it and be intentional about it. And when you meet somebody and you begin to talk and you discover the things you have in common, take that next step. Invite people over. There's things we can do even during COVID that help build relationships. Maybe it's joining a small group. Again, a common connection or experience, but you've got to take the next step and be intentional about building on that relationship. Filial love. An important love that will transform our life and our relationship with God. And if you're willing to take the, to be intentional about building these relationships in your life, um, I think you'll be amazed at how God uses them to help you grow and to help you grow in your relationship with him. Will you pray with me? Father, we, we exalt you. And Lord, we do. We give you praise because you are a mighty and awesome God. And Father, we know that there can be, you know, many things that can come up to, to separate us. But Lord, I, I pray that, Father, you would just remind us that we all have a, a common identity in you, a loving and a gracious and a merciful God. And Father, I pray that you would give us the courage to share that love with others. And Lord, that you would give us the courage to, to be intentional about building these kind of relationships in our life. Father, I pray that you would bless them. In the name of Jesus.